again, everybody. Welcome to another exciting off-season edition of the Big Red Bus as we take the glorious monstrosity out onto the streets of Chicago. I look over to my right, and with me, of course, is the great one, the Podfather, Doug Tonus. How you doing, brother? I'm uh, doing pretty well. You know, it's uh, summer in Chicago. It's warm. It's fun to be outside. You know, Jerry Reinsdorf just told us he doesn't care about making money in sports. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he's willing to spend. Sure. So, you know, that's good news. Expect big changes. <laughs> exactly. I After he said that, I, I took the kids out and called the wife, and we went out for a, a big dinner to celebrate the, the change of direction <laughs> with the Bulls and the White Sox. Yeah, what a great evening sure. that was. I tell you what, it, it, I've been spending time inside, Doug, watching these playoffs. Let's just get a, a five-minute discussion on that because uh, – Last night, watching the Suns uh, versus the Nuggets was one of the best, most enjoyable performances games I've ever had to watch outside of a Bulls game. Just the the haymakers that Jokic and Durant were throwing back and forth at each other. It was just a joy to watch. Just phenomenal basketball. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. Any thoughts on on, on the game last night? I didn't uh, watch the game last night. Glad we covered this in pre-show so I could give uh, some really in-depth discussion on it. Oh, we can talk about. I've, I, I, I missed that the, part. I Sorry, I set you up perfectly. <laughs> yeah, set me up perfectly for a game I didn't see. No, I mean I, I kind of read about it. You know, I've I've tried to watch as much playoffs as I can, uh, so I've seen seen a pretty good amount of it. But um, yeah, I didn't I didn't catch last night's game. I caught the Seventy Sixers and uh, Boston game. I'm I'm shocked. I'm actually kind of shocked at the results of both of these series as being two two. You know, I thought Denver was gonna. Uh, kind of run away with this one, and I thought Boston was going to run away with that one, and you know here we are, both at two two. Booker has been absolutely incredible in this series. I think he's shooting somewhere around a seventy sixty uh, seventy fifty ninety pace. Uh, just unbelievable shot making and just knocking down everything. But Jokic yesterday, I don't know, did you see the clip of him? Uh, nudging the owner which i i enjoyed immensely and got a massive laugh uh, out of did you see that yeah, one at least i did what's your take on that should he be suspended as some morons so. are saying i don't think so i think i think it's nothing so like one the fan i mean the owner in this case but acting as a fan just a person that stands has got to give up the ball you know like the True. the the nuggets have a chance to go on a break and you know this this the owner is is has a vested interest in delaying this like he's impacting the game and so, you know, Jokic is just trying to grab the ball and he won't let go of the ball. And then, you know, when the ball gets kind of like knocked out of his hands, you know, he's in like sitting there screaming at Jokic. He puts his hands on him like very lightly, like nothing big. And, and Jokic just while sort of reaching out kind of gives him a teeny bit of a shove. And then and then like the guy flops like he's a player. Like, you know, he's like all in on this. It's like he's completely in it. He like flops and then like, you know, goes nuts and acts like he didn't do anything like you, you impacted the game. I, I mean, I honestly, my, my response from that is like, he should not be allowed to sit courtside then. Like, like if another, <laughs> yeah. if another, fan if it was anybody else, but the, the owner, exactly. And then like, you know, like then confronted a player like that, they'd ban him. <laughs> they just ban you. Like it's, it's, it's so, you know, like, uh, yeah, maybe Jokic shouldn't have done whatever, but like, you know, he, he should. Yeah. It, I think it's a nothing thing. I don't think anything should come out of it. But if I was going to blame one person more than the other in this, it would be the owner. Yeah, I agree too. He better not get banned or suspended for a game. If that happens, it would be a, 
a travesty of epic proportions because uh, Jokic last night put up 53 points. <laughs> 53 points, we just repeat that, on 20-30 shooting, 2-4 of four from 3, uh, 11 from 13 from the line, and 11 assists. Just insane, insane performance. And Jamal Murray had 28 points on 13-25 shooting. Very good performance. But the, the key to the game to me was those two guys, you know, basically matched and I think overall just barely outplayed Durant Booker. But the third guy, Michael Porter Jr. on the, on the Nuggets, uh, 4-13 from the field, 2-9 from three. I thought he was absolutely awful. And then you look at the Suns, and they had Landry Shaman coming off the bench, scoring 19 points and 6-9 from the field and 5-8 from three. Yeah, There's which is pretty in insane. Pretty insane. And, and Well, he was wide open, yeah, in fairness. But, but so. still, I mean, he's not done that well wide open. Like, it's still pretty nuts. But – the end is it's. I mean, Landry Shamit is not expected to be their third guy, right? Like, so comparing him to Porter Jr. is like sort of, I don't know. You know, it's like you could say um, uh, Pope was five of. Well, seven that's my and, point, though. And, and whatever. So yeah. I guess all I mean is they had a third guy step up. You know, maybe it wasn't their normal third guy, and and the Nuggets really didn't have a third guy step up. Um, and, that, and that's really it. Like they they needed one more guy, and you know the the Suns got it, and and the, the Nuggets didn't. So that's my point. I want let's get into Bulls talk here, and I wanted to, to have this discussion with you. I, I didn't throw this out to you before the show to, get, to help you get prepared in a very professional. That's manner. right. I never prepare so, anyway, uh, so it doesn't matter. I, I <laughs> yeah, ignore good. all the tweets well, you send me about like let's talk about this. I don't even look at them, so it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I give you a hard time, okay. but it doesn't but, it doesn't really matter. I'm just such a such a low prep person, I guess. But I got into a pretty vociferous debate uh, yesterday at my son's football game. Uh, over Zach Levine, and he's very anti-Zach, uh, a guy who's he's a coach. He's a I respect his knowledge immensely, uh, but he's very anti-Zach Levine. That you know he's not the kind of guy who's going to win you championships. He's you know losing fouls and all that the regular nonsense that we hear, uh, kind of like the colleague talk track a little bit, I think. So, but I'd like to bring up this point, and let's look at the teams that are remaining right now. In the in the playoffs, so let's start out with the Knicks. Who's the second best player in your opinion on the Knicks, Doug? Um, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. I mean, like, you maybe you want to say Julius Randall, but I don't. I, 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 it, like, it would it would be Randall. Yeah, it, like let's look at the options. It's probably Randall or RJ Barrett. It's, probably, it's Randall. It's clearly Randall, right? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think. I, oh, sure, it's one of those guys. Brunson is number one, and Randall's number two. So let's say Randall. Okay. If you were a GM and you wanted one of those two players from this point forward to start next season, Zach Levine or Randall, who would you want? <laughs> I would want Zach Levine. Correct. Let's go on to the Warriors. I'd say it's either Clay Thompson or, or Green. Regardless, I think most people would probably go with Zach Levine, right, uh, to start next season just due to the fact that he's younger, probably has more – athleticism more more ability that's a tougher one too i mean what, what are you saying that one do you i would agree with I, me I, I actually think most people would take whichever guy you picked on the warriors but i would take zach levine agreed let's look at the lakers who's the second best player in the lakers and this one anthony davis an interesting debate see I, I i disagree completely i think it's lebron james Fine. this is anthony davis's team lebron james is clearly Taking a step right. back. Either way, either way, either of those guys are better than Zach. Either way, interesting. All right, so that one's a little bit tougher for me, but okay. Let's let's. LeBron's I'm, probably I'm not going to talk about what I, what these guys would do next season. Like, if you were just talking right now, like you like those guys are better. 
You can't. But that's so no, part no, of no, the no, factor, no, 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 no. I'm going to stop you for a second. You can't talk about what these guys might do next season and then use their playoff performance this year. You can't say, well, this, this, because what they do next season, if they're worse next season, they may not be playoff teams next season. So you're trying to promote their skill this year and then try and look at what they could do next year. You either have to be on this year or next year. And the other thing I'm going to say about each one of these teams, it's a five seed, an eight seed, a seven seed, and a six seed. Good call. Yes, that's true. I'm just pointing out, first of all, you're bringing another point into the play here, which I said and was ridiculed for, that the Bulls aren't as far away as you think from the best in the league. They absolutely are. And the reason why... Super far the, Hold on a second. No, this is actually a very good point. The reason why is there's never been a smaller delta between the best 1 in 10 in both conferences in the last 25 years. Yeah, I've I, never I, seen it I, I do close. agree with that. But even with that being true, the Bulls are super far away. Can I throw out a scenario for you? You you can. It, it, let's throw one of let's say one of these players. Let's say Durant. Let's say Kawhi Leonard. Let's say uh, some of these really number ones on these teams. If you threw them on the Bulls, would they suddenly become a top three team? So the answer is yes. I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, if you throw a guy on the Bulls who like. This guy and, like, four of his buddies make a top three team under the Bulls. Yeah, they're a top three team. What does that mean? They, they can't get one of those guys. Like, that's irrelevant. Fred, any team, if you threw a top three guy on it, they'd be a top team. Any team in the league, pretty much. Yeah. Like, 25 of the teams in the league. But it doesn't matter. They're not going to get a top three guy. My bigger point is I'm trying to say is I think you can win – with Zach Levine as your second best player, and I think the Bulls from two to seven, eight, nine compete with anyone in the league. Their best player is probably Demar Derozan. The last two years, he's a very good player. I don't think they're not. They're still super far away. I mean, it's just like saying, like, you know, if if you and your wife, you know, like if your wife makes fifty thousand dollars and you guys want to make a billion dollars, all you have to do is get Bill Gates in your family, and now you're all set. Like it just, it just doesn't like. It's entirely it's like, doable. Like it just, it's like it's irrelevant. Like it's like, like oh wow, we solved the problem that's not a problem. And if only we solved the part that every team in the league is trying to solve, them would be in perfect shape. Like it's, you know, they have no way, they have no way to get that player. Like they've closed off all the avenues. They're they're not going to get it in the draft because they. I mean, I guess technically, if they win the lottery, they could still get the player in the draft because they still have that teeny percent chance of winning the lottery. But they've given up like future draft assets. So, you know, like a lot of teams like Giannis or Jimmy Butler or somebody like Kawhi Leonard, like a lot of these guys don't come in the, the top of the draft, right? So, like, we gave up our chances to get them like later in the draft. A lot of them, we don't have any assets to trade. Like, you like look at any star that's been traded in the last five years. And even like Nikola Vucevic, we couldn't get another Nikola Vucevic. We don't even have enough assets to trade for another Nikola Vucevic, let alone like a Kevin Durant if he hit the trade market. So we can't trade for one. We don't. I don't know if that's room. true. We can't sign one. Sure, come on. What's put together the best trade offer? Put together the best trade offer you could offer someone without including Zach Levine because you want him to be our second best player. What's the best offer you could make someone? Patrick Williams, Demar Derozan. Uh, okay. Team a team trading Kobe a superstar White, doesn't I. want Demar Derozan. Maybe they do. Pat, no, Maybe they there's don't. a Come reason. on, get out of here! It's just so ridiculous. Just admit that's ridiculous. We, like Patrick Williams and like a 2029 20, draft pick. 
it's probably not a super superstar, <laughs> but it's probably a very good maybe edge of it's, the all star. It's less player. than what we traded. We do. It's less than what we traded to get Vucevic, who's not a top fifty player right. there's not, in there's, the NBA. There's not a lot of <laughs> there's not a lot of hope here. I, my bigger point is Zach Levine is a fine too. He, he's he, not. He might be. He, I don't think it's be guaranteed. But he might be. And I think I've made that case, too. I think if Zach Levine was, like, matched up with Stephen Curry instead of, like, Clay Thompson, like, you, you wouldn't notice any difference. Yet Clay Thompson's going to be, like, a Hall of Famer um, and, and whatever. And Zach Levine is, is currently on a path to just be a guy that's fairly forgettable. Scored a lot of points, but, but fairly forgettable. I'm not sure about that. Clay Thompson's a tougher one because he's such a good shooter. But but Zach uh, Levine, I, I if he was, Zach Levine, if he was in Clay Thompson's shoes, would probably also be such a good shooter. Like Zach Levine's a great shooter. Yeah, if he, he if, can probably do and a little he could bit play more. completely off the ball and he'd be better on the ball. Like, like anyway, it doesn't matter. We we've not gotten to see that, and so you know who knows what it would look like. And, and maybe it's just like I think Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are two of the most overrated players in the league, and that just they're both incredibly fortunate to be playing with Steph Curry where like all of their flaws are basically hidden and all of their strengths are exemplified. And, and Zach Levine's well, kind I, of like I, in the I definitely opposite, feel that way about green situation. Like, he, you know, it's like if Clay Thompson had to create on the ball all the time, like, would you think he's any good? No, no, but he's an incredible shooter. I, I agree. I understand what your point is. I think though clay though actually makes green better too. Like to me, it's green. Like, I, I laugh every time, you know, I get in these debates. I don't know if you've seen them about AD online. And, and uh, with BC, there's a couple of big haters of, of, of uh, AD online and uh, on Twitter. That's because he and, plays every other game. You know, I mean, I love, I love that but idea. First of all, he plays every game. He scores 12 or 16 points every other game. We'll just stop there. Like 12 or 16 points is a good night for Draymond Green. Yeah. Regardless. I mean, they're different. Uh, they're, so, they're completely yeah. different players. Like I, AD is a better player than Draymond Green. This is my point, though. Like, I think Green is not every other game defensively. He's, when he's healthy, is a transformational defensive player who owns the paint, who is the best, arguably, rim protector in the NBA, who I think is just an incredible defensive player. And and he's like that every game. And when in those nights where he's 12, he scores 12 or 16 points, which happened, I agree, he's not consistently 30-20. So you said, you said Green. Uh, you I still think AD, he right? plays well. Uh, AD, uh, AD, okay. exactly. Yeah, I, just, I, I was confused because I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're a Draymond Green hater, and now it sounds like you just love Draymond Green, and I don't know, <laughs> like, don't know where we went with this. Green is to me like the exact opposite. Like, he's usually bad consistently every night offensively as far as shooting the ball. Yeah, he'll have a lot of assists because you, you know who Draymond nobody's Green is? guarding him. Draymond Green is is Joakim Noah. It's funny you mentioned it because I brought that up. I I actually think Joakim Noah is. is at his at his best was a more talented player, um, maybe um, and just I mean, as good. At at their best, they're very similar. They're both tremendous passers. They're both guys who could switch onto point guards and hold their own. Um, they're both very vocal defensive leaders. They're both defensive MVP candidates. Um, they're both fit the defensive model of the NBA extremely well. Where you know, like you can guard pick and roll. You could drop. You could you can play like any coverage with them. Um, you know, an offense, neither of them could score, but both of them were not nearly the offensive problems people thought they might be because they were such great passers um, and good, you know, good enough ball handlers. 
you know, the, at Green probably has got a little bit more range and, and a little bit more trust in his jumper than Noah. And, and really the big thing is that just Green was able to stay healthy. Noah was not, right? You know, like Noah only had yeah. a couple of years where he was really at that peak. Um, and, and Green's carved out like 10. So, you know, Green's a much has had a much, much better career because he's been able to stay healthy. More but, durable. but if you look at yeah. if you look yeah. at them when they're both at their peak, they were, you know, really similar, you know, kind of different builds, but still very similar impact in very similar ways. That's a great uh, comparison that I had thought of a few weeks ago. I, I always thought too green for one period of his career when they won a, a I think it was 2016 when they won a title. Uh, was that the year they won? I can't remember one of those years where they won it. He shot the three very well, or not very well, but at yeah, least average, well enough. Yeah, and I don't think yeah, that's never happened with Noah. So, but regardless, they're, you're exactly right. They're both very similar. Let's 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 end this this talk and go into the grades that we started in the last show. We got. Through all of one player, Demar Rose, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, not get through them this show either because we have. Like, we'll probably months. get through three. I hopefully <laughs> my goal is to get through three. All right, all right. So all let's right. go on. Let's go, let's go on to uh, Zach Levine. Can I can I interject uh, one second? I can't remember if we discussed this when Steiner grades last time. Sure. Are we grading guys versus the expectation, like versus the role? Like you should say, Zach's grade as a number two player, you know, Io's grade as like a starting point guard. Or it's kind of like an, compared to an NBA average. Like, what's our baseline for grading a guy? I, I think it should be based on the expectation that you had going into the season. Okay. For so these player. these grades are how well did the player yeah. meet relative to what we thought they would do this year? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. We're not. You know, you, you can look at grades in a lot of different ways. So okay. Zach Levine. Uh. Let me throw out. Let me just throw out really quick his numbers really quick. Played in seventy-seven games, which when you go back and recall all the hand wringing after he missed the, the opener, pretty amazing stat with that alone. Forty-eight percent, forty-eight point five percent field goal percentage, seven point one three-point attempts per game. He shot the three at a thirty-seven point five percent rate. Uh, his free throw attempts five point six per game. He shot those at 84.8% rate, 24.8 points per game, 4.2 assists, 4.5 rebounds. What is your grade for Zach Levine? Um, if I want to – it's weird. Relative to expectations, I guess i give him a C. Maybe a B minus. Um, and he, I thought he played fine. And it, it's kind of almost a tale of two – seasons for Zach because after the all-star break, he was really fantastic. And before that he was not. And whether that was the knee injury or just he got hot or, or whatever, it's hard to say. Um, maybe the thing that was way above average, as you noted, was the games played. And at, at Casey Johnson said this, I didn't, I have not verified it, but he was third in the NBA in total minutes played. Like it's like insane. Like just, probably true. He averaged thirty-five yeah. minutes per yeah. game. Totally insane. If that's if that's true, and I mean, I have no reason to think Casey Johnson would be wrong. He's a really really smart, thorough guy. So, you know, like, but yeah, you know, his three-point percentage was down a little bit from last year. His scoring was down a teeny bit from last year, um, and that year was down from you know what he did before that. Um, so, you know, I think I think just a little bit down. Not it, it just gave you about what you wanted. I think. You know, his, his uh, free throw rate was down a teeny bit, like just, just maybe a, a teeny bit down in in like a little, you know, a lot of areas. PER down a little bit, like I don't know, it, it, it a fine year. And it really, like I said, if you just focus on post All Star break when they made their run, 
you know, he was fantastic. And that stretch of all the like better play was largely due to Zach Levine. Um, but the Correct. fact that they were needed this huge stretch just to make the play in and was also because Zach Levine was not playing well earlier. So down the stretch, the, what you referred to last twenty final 20, 20, 22 games of the season after the All-Star break, 27 points per game, 4.7 assists, 3.5 rebounds per game. He shot 53, 39, 88. Yeah, like that, Zach Absolutely was an Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. That's an A. <laughs> that, yeah, that, maybe that, a Zach plus. was an A, but that wasn't, yeah. that wasn't Zach the whole year, right? Like it was Zach for about yeah, a third of the year. Yeah, it's one-fourth. Basically, yeah. A, no, actually, yeah, basically a fourth, 22 yeah. games. So uh, – I'd give him a B. I, I, I thought he was about where I expected him Well, that would be a C if he's about in. where you expected him, right? Based on what you just said. A C is <laughs> Maybe, Yeah, but I expected him to have a B, and he came through with a B. Well, so he's going then to you're, get not, a B. you're not grading based on expectations then, right? You're now, you're just... <laughs> I just think I, I think C is fair. Here's my grades. How about, how a about, is we, how about we go with B is good, a, met C expectations, is fair. exceeded expectations. <laughs> Vastly exceeded expectations. No, it's got to be a grade. <laughs> this Doesn't is cool, dude. All right. I, I, what <laughs> I would say that, that where Zach exceeded expectations to me was the minutes played. Like, and everything else what do was, you think that- was about the same. Like, there wasn't, like, a huge difference in any of the other things. They're about the same. But it, what exceeded the expectations was the minutes played. What do you think the, the – so I, I had this up. Did you see my incredible tweet on this where I asked for the, the people to vote? What do you think the people had him overwhelmingly? 66.8%. I have no idea. I like, like I said, grades are so weird, but I'll say C. B. 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 Yeah, no one wants to ding anyone real back. We're like on the American grading system where like, you know, if you, if you don't get at least a B, <laughs> you failed. Like no one actually gives like poor grades. Anymore. Yeah, Anymore. That, that's not the case when we were going to school. Uh, sure uh, 16.3%. Oh, come on. Uh, there were a lot of guys I know that uh, that got really rough grades. Not me, of course. I was of course always, but Yeah, you're a genius. Uh, everybody, everybody, a lot of my friends uh, had struggled due to the, the strict uh, mm. uh, grades. A for 16.3%, and then 15.1%, uh, C, 1.8, gave him a DF. Uh, last two questions regarding Zach. Do you think he'll be here next year? Do you think Acme wants a part of this team, or do you think he'll be moving the offseason? And more importantly, do you want him back next year, or do you want to see him moved? So I think he'll be here. Uh, I think there's. I think everyone will be here. We're just going to have the same team next year, more or less. Um, and I guess in that sense, I think Acme wants him here. Whether I would want him here is a more complicated question that maybe has too much nuance in it to get to it. I mean, I like Zach Levine as the second best player, potentially. Like, I think that's good and fine. Um, you know, especially relative to your options. It's You're really just kind of saying, do you want to do a full rebuild or do you want to continue on with this group or do you want to try to retool? And I, I, in the retool scenario, I would consider keeping Zach. And in the rebuild scenario, I'd probably move Zach. And in the continuity scenario, which we think we're going to be in, then obviously you have Zach. Um so he's maybe if we did a retool, he's the player you'd most want to keep, I think. But I just don't think that there's reasonable chance for that scenario to work. I thought the Knicks, if they would have lost in the first round, would have given a number of their assets for Zach Levine, and I would have strongly considered doing moving in that direction. The Knicks assets suck. I'm not sure. I'm not. Sure. <laughs> I don't agree with that. Some of their assets suck, yes, but 
like a like a package of Obi Toppin, RJ Barrett, Grimes, or quickly, uh, excuse me, quickly OJ Toppin, Barrett, and about six or seven draft picks. I would absolutely consider for. They're not going to give you six or seven. I mean, maybe if five of them are second rounders um, that they somehow acquire. Yeah, bingo. Yeah. Four, but then that's well, no, number like, one pick. It's like three role players and, and second rounders. Like who cares? Oh well, I don't think it's a terrible return. It would be a terrible return. That if you trade Zach, you need to get some high upside assets. Well, an unprotected number one would probably be a high upside asset. Not from the Knicks with coach. Zach Levine on it. Uh. I, I'm not entirely sure their future is as rosy as you think it is. I mean, but I don't think it's super regardless. rosy, but it's not like we're going to be the worst team in the league bad. Like, they seem like no. a team, if you had Zach, Zach Randall, and um, Brunson seem like a group that can get you to the playoffs every year. Like I could absolutely see the Knicks being the 11th seed next year. That's now, how, what, what do you think you could see the Bulls these teams next are. year? If you think the Knicks are going to be the 11th seed? Whether like the 17th yeah, seed, are they going to add teams? I mean, like, hey, P. Will takes a jump. You never know what we can do. You never know. He's only 22. <laughs> 20, exactly. Is he 22 already? No, he's 21. Oh, sorry. He'll be 22 in August. Okay. Well, we, we're already starts, at our time. He'll only be 22. <laughs> we got through two guys on this great stage. So here's our commitment for, for the next show. All the rest of the guys are going to grade. We did Zach and Demar so far. All, right. All the rest are going to grade. Everybody wait with bated breath as we bring the bus in because I know you have a hard stop. But, um, Doug, thanks for jumping on. Uh, interesting comments on Zach. Love your feedback on that. Um, until next time, Bulls, go Bulls. <laughs> go Bulls. <It's> okay. <laughs> Take it easy, brother.